Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Sibylline podcast, where we will be speaking about the experiences of women in international security in honor of International Women's Day on the 8th of March. So obviously this is a Women's Day podcast, so we're going to dive into predominantly female-related issues in the workplace and industry. We talk about a lot of our uh, own lived experiences and kind of traditional issues and kind of gender norms uh, that, that we experience as women in the industry. Um, but I think, you know, first of all, it's really important to acknowledge that there are gender equality and diversity issues beyond the kind of binary norms, gender norms that we um, that, that we will talk about. Um, you know, there, there needs to be a lot more done uh, across the industry, our one specifically, but also in kind of wider workplaces um, to support members of kind of the, the LGBTQ um, plus um, community. Um, so over over to you guys, obviously, I've, I've said, said my views on that, but do, is there anything that you would kind of like to add before we go into the, the crux of the podcast? Yeah, I would just, just comment that to emphasize that this, you know, diversity in international security is something that we're only, you know, beginning to talk yeah. about and have this conversation. It's one that I think we should continue to have um, and will not, you know, just be settled uh, here. And there's a whole lot of... Uh, there's a lot of things that can and should be done on yeah. diversity in the space. Yeah. Edie, same kind of remarks or? Yeah, absolutely. Just to agree with what's already been said, it's a really important conversation um, and it's good we're having it now, but there's a, a lot more to do still. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess talking about kind of other types of diversity and... Yeah, I think like interpreting the terms intersectionality and diversity slightly wider, particularly in the context of London, because we are working in a city that's incredibly international and diverse. Um, I think it's also important to acknowledge that women of colour and from other countries who work in London probably have different experiences as well. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's important to be more holistic in our understanding of the term women and experience. So. Okay, so I do have a couple of uh, questions in front of me. I imagine we're probably going to get off script um, and get into some kind of nitty gritty um, questions anyway. Um, but maybe Edie to kick us off um, to start with, was there any you know hesitations or any reluctance for you as a woman getting into this industry? Uh, did you kind of have any premeditated obstacles in your head um, before mm. replying? Yeah, I mean, it's a very male dominated industry. So I think where there's perhaps less women in higher up positions as well, in leadership positions, um, when there's less female mentorships. I don't know about you guys, but I found that um, definitely something I thought about before applying. Um, and it's, I think it's an obstacle in, in working in this industry as well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. How, how about you? Feeling Spria? Um, I guess uh, a slightly different. I didn't actually do a lot of, maybe it's a bad thing, but I didn't actually do a lot of investigation research into like the composition of the industry but I did feel the dominance or rather the predominance of males once I actually entered the industry on the job when I realized that there is a bit of a ratio issue um, particularly in terms of people in higher levels of management so I guess getting into the job I didn't really see it as an issue but I guess being on the job I recognize it now. Yeah definitely so it wasn't kind of before applying that you had these or kind of issues it was you know once you're there and and mm. navigating these kind of in the industry once you're in already yeah exactly Sydney is it the same yeah. did you kind of feel the same as well yeah I would say that entering I thought that it would be much like you know the London consulting industry yeah. as a whole and probably yeah. similar like composition 
um, there. But indeed, then I realized that because a lot of our colleagues or people in the industry are coming from um, roles in, in, you know, you know, government, mm. uh, military, yeah. uh, or even intelligence backgrounds where that traditionally and historically yeah. has been a more male field. So I think that really, you know, you understand that once you're in this space um, and mm. probably underscores how much more we would also benefit as an industry if there's, um, you know, greater female representation yeah. also in those yeah. government roles. Yeah. That's uh, what I was literally absolutely. just about to say. Yeah. So we're even picking onto another topic here of like the traditional roots, there needs to be more women coming kind of through those public sector and mm-hmm. um, kind of, yeah, traditional uh, male roles anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I'd, I'd say the same. Um, I think it's been very much kind of once, once you're in the industry navigating that, um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't even really know that this industry massively existed kind of yeah. as like yeah. a young graduate. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I guess my premeditated views of it weren't, weren't too kind of worldly before coming in. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with you all. It's, mm-hmm. it's definitely something um, something to kind of look at once once you have mm-hmm. that role and once you're kind of in. Yeah. 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 I think yeah. It, it, it made an impression on me also in my kind of first client calls and and briefings where you are very suddenly very aware that you are so true the only female on the call yeah Yeah. Yeah. you know a woman maybe coming from a more young professional background or say mid-career and a lot of people who might have been in their roles for for decades or Mm -hmm. um, have really been in the field for a very long time and you 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 become suddenly very aware when you're on a if it's a digital call too like if you're on the zoom screen and yeah absolutely yeah okay so on to that I guess we've already touched upon um there potentially being some ratio issues um in the industry I think we can all agree with that and we have we have all agreed with that um so I guess what is the importance of having that senior leadership um and and that female leadership in these senior roles um and ultimately you know what is the role of that female mentor and kind of how can we all benefit from that um going forward Super. I guess it is really important because those are the roles we aspire to one day be in. And I think it's important for us to be able to see someone who like looks at like us in some way so that it, we can, it just makes that process a lot easier. If there's no one there, then I guess that aspiration, there's a dent on that aspiration. And of course, if there's someone who's been through that journey, the idea of having mentorship from someone like that would be such a reassuring feeling to have. Yeah, I guess it's also just because women have different experiences and responsibilities from men, say, for example, in the workplace. So someone who's been able to get that kind of balance in their life, information like that also really helps you in terms of being able to structure your own life and seeing how other people have done it. Um, Especially if you're someone, for example, who's coming and working from abroad um, to see how that happens. I think that that to see that as a success story, as someone who's achieved everything you've already always wanted, Mm -hmm. I'm sure is at least for me is a super reassuring thing to know yeah it's mm-hmm. almost like it's possible yeah. I can do it I can see you've done it exactly etc mm-hmm. um have has there been any kind of experiences for you guys I think you know we're relatively new in our career I think all of us can agree with that a couple of years in um I definitely feel as though I've already had experiences good and bad positive and negative mm-hmm. um with kind of female senior leadership so mm-hmm. you know on from that question are there any kind of experiences that you guys can um mm-hmm you know, present to us or inform inform the question? Yeah, going back to when I was a student in my undergraduate degree, um, I had a sort of negative early experience in this sector when I was trying to seek out female mentorship, um, not even mentorship in a sort of formal sense, but trying to meet women who are 
like seasoned mm-hmm. professionals in this sector, which is an exceedingly narrow, uh, you know, sub, sub, subsection. Um, and I went to an event that was being held um, in Brussels when I was studying there. And it was an association for female professionals mm-hmm. in the security space. And I approached a senior woman in the organization um, after the event and tried to get chatting to her and express my interest in getting involved and any opportunities that there might be, um, whatever that might look like. And she effectively kind of shut me down and told me that this wasn't a place for students, really, and wow. and that this was, you know, for professionals. And that was extremely, it was humiliating in the moment. Mm. And then frustrating because I I was just shut down mm-hmm. um, and it would have been extremely helpful for her to have been rather receptive and really, you know, I'm sure she's a very busy woman and has yeah. a lot of things mm. to worry about, but I think it's very important to be receptive and encouraging when yeah. you might receive, you know, uh, an, another, you know, young woman who's keen to ask questions and is passionate and interested and wants to get yeah. involved and to meet her where she is and like give her the opportunity and I guess 100%. having that experience as well could potentially, you know, it even shows even more and highlights how important it is to have that kind of female mentorship and leadership, mm-hmm. how you were feeling in that moment, you know, such kind of, as you say, awful words to use, but humiliation and uh, potentially kind of not feeling very motivated, demotivated, etc. Those are the sort of things that we should actually, you know, be getting from our mentorship, whether it's female or not, but particularly from females, etc. Mm-hmm. So, you know, experiences like that kind of maybe highlight and, uh, underscore how important it is maybe to have that female mentorship. Edie, do you kind of have any points on that? Yeah, I actually have had a different experience, um, one like that as well, but I'm thinking of something um, kind of more positive where I've worked with um, senior women and they've been incredibly positive and encouraging. And like we were saying earlier, just kind of seeing a success story in Mm -hmm. a way Mm -hmm. and seeing someone who's kind of embodied all these things that you think you should work towards, showing that it's possible as well and having those conversations um, and I think, yeah, that's really important. So that's it. Yeah, yeah. A, po- a more positive experience. <laughs> Definitely. I have a question for you then, Edie. How did you get involved or what did that connection look like? How did you make that connection with these women? Was it through through work or was it through some other kind of external organization? No, it was through work through here, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have a couple of women really um, kind of in senior mm-hmm. positions who are really great here mm-hmm. and who are really willing to always have a conversation with you and... Um, I think just having conversation with mm-hmm. uh, women in general can be very different to men in terms of um, mm. kind of the things that you are willing to talk about and the experiences mm. that they've had. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like coming from uh, someone who is in more of a seniorship position as well, I think that makes a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So using those avenues that you have at work and ultimately they have to be there, don't they? To, mm-hmm. to kind of benefit from them. So that even yeah. you know emphasizes our point again on the importance in the industry that you're in, company, et cetera, of having mm-hmm. those. Because mm-hmm. you've just said the benefits of it are, you know, endless. Yes. Um, okay, so equally kind of similar, similar sort of uh, question, I guess, is how can women support each other? So we've just mentioned the importance of having that senior leadership. So, you know, for this question, we're not just talking about senior ourselves, us mm-hmm. sat here, etc. cetera. Um, how can women support each other in this industry specifically and, and kind of wider as well in work generally? Um, and again, how important is this? You know, what are the benefits of this? And alternatively, um, if we don't have that support system, uh, what are kind of the downfalls and issues? Um, Sydney mm. kicks off. <laughs> I think off the top of the head, 
the biggest one of the biggest issues that will arise if those sorts of things are not prioritized or in place is retention. Um, yeah. I mean, being able to hold on to and foster and like you know outstanding young potential, young female potential. Um, I think if women don't necessarily see themselves or see people who look like them in in senior roles, you don't necessarily see yourself being able to have a future yeah, in an organization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think young ambitious women will will maybe move on or, you know, they'll, yeah. they'll want to go someplace where they see a viable future where they will be, you know, able to progress and, mm-hmm. and achieve mm-hmm. things. Especially if you see those leadership roles elsewhere um, yeah. and you see that it is possible, et cetera. So yeah, I, I completely agree. I think one thing that I've noticed, um, you know, working alongside women, et cetera, um, especially after the pandemic, because obviously we were all working quite remotely. I think mm-hmm. having that in-person communication mm-hmm. and office environment with a load of women is really, really important. And the communication avenues and, mm-hmm. and the kind of networks that you build to talk about topics that are potentially quite sensitive and mm. topics that traditionally women don't gravitate towards and mm. don't feel confident. And I think one of the, you know, things that we can all um, kind of, un, you know, understand and uh, realise that that we find quite uncomfortable, you know, even me trying to talk and get it out now, I'm like, um, <laughs> but is, is salary, you know, and how yeah. uh, female and male um employers and employees approach salary Mm -hmm. so working alongside women um for the past two years uh and and having that support now where you're saying how important is it it's you know pushing each other and building uh the confidence to have those conversations not only with senior female leadership about salary but also kind of male senior leadership as well and i think they are traditionally conversations that females and women don't necessarily have the same confidence mm-hmm. as having as potentially male colleagues um you know that's from my experience so uh, i'd be interested to hear if you kind of think the same but off the top of my head you know working alongside in person has given me that confidence mm-hmm. um to, to push me towards having those uncomfortable conversations yeah i definitely think we have a space at least at Sibyline where we do feel comfort comfortable and confident to have those conversations um but i think on your original question on how we can help like other women Mm -hmm. I think something that I do I think definitely is when someone approaches me on LinkedIn and if it's a female I definitely try to go the extra mile um I offer and I I don't think it it takes a lot of time but even if something as basic as just like reading someone's cover letter or reviewing a CV um I definitely try and do like an in-person feedback session I would I would go the extra mile for someone who's interested who's a female and who wants to join the industry um, and maybe even in those conversations, have these more difficult conversations where I kind of say that there may be a red flag, there's a ratio issue, everything mm-hmm. we spoke about, mm-hmm. basically. So just that I didn't have that sense of clarity coming in. So I hope to be able to change that for someone else mm-hmm. who's trying to come in. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, just like because obviously none of us at this point are in leadership <laughs> positions. So from the positions that yes. we are, yeah, I think. Yeah. Not, yeah. <laughs> not yet. But yeah, from the positions that we are to really just try and help in yeah. any yeah. way, yeah. Yeah, I think would yeah. be useful. No, yeah, I completely agree with what's been said already. I think having that avenue of communication, like you were saying, yeah. is so important. Having those open conversations um, can be so helpful Mm. so yeah yeah I I find in a in a professional setting as well as in a personal setting having these conversations with your friends is Mm -hmm. also very important yeah yeah I have one of my very close friends was you know my my kind of champion and cheerleader throughout my kind of 
process when I was looking to move to a new organization yeah. and in very, very forcefully encouraged me to negotiate and to... Yeah, negotiation's mm, a big one. Yeah, and that is something that can be very daunting and very uncomfortable for everybody, especially yeah. if you've never done it before. Yeah. And it's super nerve-wracking, but also it's very important to do, even if you're not necessarily successful in that instance, being the type of person that does negotiate, I think on average... That a woman during her lifetime that does negotiate in terms of salaries um, and you know pay packages and everything mm-hmm. will net on average I think like a million more in her lifetime yeah, or so. I can, yeah, um, absolutely. Need to fact check the exact figure, but <laughs> something along those that lines. Sounds, that sounds I don't good mean to me. This information, but <laughs> it was some figure like that. So um, it's really quite astounding. Yeah, just being you know making a habit of doing those things that can be uncomfortable will yeah. really serve you throughout your lifetime and you gain practice and and encouraging others to do so and helping Mm -hmm. helping them like through it I think is also really yeah well there's those statistics talking about statistics as well but there's those um you know there's the idea ultimately that women will on a you know a list of requirements for a job will see one thing that they're potentially not quite qualified for and they will be like well I can't apply for that Mm -hmm. whereas you there's studies been done where it kind of flips over and it turns to a male candidate and they will apply anyway and it's kind of having that you know confidence to not undersell Mm. yourself and Mm. as you said having that um having that friend to be you know to to be your support Mm. network and just say apply anyway you know what's the worst that can happen etc and not underselling yourself as a female candidate which i think you know uh studies have shown we do we do Mm. do that um so yeah yeah great answers um when you talk about women, uh, like female issues and security, this is a really uh, interesting topic to go down, mm-hmm. um, particularly for what we do on a day-to-day basis. Um, we have to navigate some quite uh, tricky um, topics. Um, I know, Sydney, you've obviously just, you know, we're putting out a piece on abortion this week and, and kind of uh, female rights in that sense. Um so when we talk about, you know, women's issues and security, I think around this table, we cover quite, uh, we cover the world. Right? Yeah, we do actually. Yeah. <laughs> we do actually cover the world. Um, how do we approach this? You know, are there any kind of best practices? Have there been any, uh, any advice that you can give to kind of females going through same sort of issues or um, dilemmas in the industry? Supriya, how, how do you kind of approach this on a day-to-day basis? Um, I think the first thing to do is not homogenize the experience of women and acknowledge that women in different geographies, even within a region. So, for example, I'm a South Asia analyst Mm -hmm. and there are different countries that I look at and to make sure that I acknowledge that each lived experience is different according to the geography of which that person belongs to. Um, I think that's really important um, to not say that someone, for example, in Pakistan, a woman in Pakistan has the same amount of problems or lived experience as, say, someone in Nepal. Um, that's the first thing to do and to acknowledge that maybe I'm because of my own positionality I may not entirely be able to relate to that experience Mm -hmm. when I talk about that person so Mm -hmm. to have that sense of self-awareness I think is the first most important step yeah and I guess do you guys also feel that way when you talk about women in your own regions yeah I mean Edie yeah sub-Saharan Africa I mean it's women are going to have such a different experience as I have and um, it's just so important to do that extra research and to mm. really not apply the values and the expectations that we have 
um, or that I have onto those women and really try and understand their experience. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think just paying that extra attention is so important. Yeah, yeah. Sydney, same? Yeah, I suppose to a certain extent, my experience is a bit different because I'm covering North America and often that is the US, yeah. I'm from the US. Yeah. So I feel, I have felt at times a very, very personal mm-hmm. tie to the topics that I'm covering. And yeah, of course. Sometimes yeah. very difficult, mm-hmm. um, difficult topics to address. Um, and, you know, when it is a potential kind of what feels like a political, social, moral crisis in my own country and I'm writing about it, it does feel very personal. And sometimes it can also definitely get in my head and mm-hmm. it's something that I can't necessarily leave at the door sure. either when yeah. I leave work. Yeah, it's difficult to write with impartiality sometimes when yeah. it is actually an experience you're, you feel as though yeah. you're going through as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. It's, it's, yeah, it's the, you know, the infinite challenge of an analyst to always pursue impartiality um, and to make sure that all of our analysis is done in, you know, the most rigorous uh, way that we possibly can mm-hmm. but it's also I think the first step is also acknowledging that you do have opinions and viewpoints yes, absolutely. and those are mm-hmm. a part of you but trying to to a degree separate that from your you know your ability to be an analyst mm-hmm. and go through the analytical uh, you know the framework and the steps that you need to do in order yeah. to write um, yeah uh, great answers guys um, so the next topic that I want to talk about is um, how, so obviously during lockdown and after lockdown, we've seen a lot of companies look inwards on their internal health policies, just kind of how they're supporting employees, et cetera, um, with with kind of health concerns. Um, So obviously not focusing on that necessarily strictly, but how has being, you know, bottom line, how has being a female affected your everyday work? You know, examples or uh, just kind of things we can talk about. I think it's quite a widespread question, but, you know, how how has being a female affected if it has your everyday kind of work life? Um, I think for me, an obvious one would be to talk about menstruation. And this is something that a lot of women maybe don't necessarily talk about. But I do think it has a significant impact on my literal ability to work. Yeah. Because... It manifests in different ways. Some women get cramps, some women get mood swings, some people get nothing at all, some people have back pain, etc. And that has like a physiological effect on you and your ability to work. And there have been days where I might, I, I might have been like, okay, I may not be able to perform my 100% because of something that is something that's completely out of my control. It's just simply because I'm a woman, mm-hmm. but I kind of have to power through anyway. And I guess... In some forms, maybe women who only are in an all-man team or have line managers who are male may feel they can't really express that sentiment to their line managers. So that could also be a hurdle. So yeah, that would be a, something that I've, I've experienced. And I'm sure you guys also have examples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, um, you know, in terms of the UK, we have the NHS, which is, mm-hmm. um, you know, an incredible public institution it also can be difficult sometimes to yeah, yeah. get the health care that you need mm-hmm. in a timely fashion like I have had that issue before and it also can cause a tremendous amount of stress and anxiety as well mm-hmm. while you're trying to wait to see somebody who is specialized and qualified in the type of health care that you need 100 percent 100 percent yeah and that can really have that kind of back of the mind 
haunting kind of grating at you um, and can also distract you from your ability to do your job. Yeah. yeah. And as you said, there are situations I don't think we've normalized the conversation enough yet to have, you know, for, for everyone to feel comfortable to go to their employer and say, bottom line, this is what's happening, especially if um, you yeah. have an, an all male team. Um, and, mm. you know, I've, I've definitely experienced that before. <laughs> um, and it, it is the mindset of, well, you know, this happens to a very large percentage of women around the world. So get on, get on with it kind of thing. And, and people mm. experience, uh, have such different experiences with that as well. So yeah, I 100% can, can relate. And Edie, let's talk about maternity leave. I know it's something we've had many discussions about kind of uh, on several occasions, but kind of what's your thoughts on this? Obviously, this is a, a really kind of hot topic um, mm. at the moment. Yeah, I think it's such a hurdle for women. Yeah. Um, even when you're young, kind of coming into the industry, trying to navigate that. And I think it, it comes back to um, women in seniorship positions as yeah. well and having those kind of um, women role models who maybe not even have necessarily gone through that, but someone who perhaps understands a bit more mm -hmm. and seeing um, what channels are available and having more open conversations, are, I think is so important. Mm -hmm. um, so... Mm. Yeah, I, don't know. I guess I could if I could add to that, I feel like there are still a lot of women who feel particularly in consultancy mm. that if they're out of action for a long time, yeah. that could affect mm -hmm. like their yeah. career progression. Yeah. Um, so some of them have even put could I, I do know of someone who was like, maybe this is not the right time to get mm -hmm. pregnant and start mm -hmm. a family and settle down because I'm at that stage in my career. And the fact that women even have to consider that yeah. still today is in itself mm. something to think about they don't have that reassurance yeah, yeah. that you know they yeah. can be out of action which is a horrible thing to say but be <laughs> out of action for a bit and still come back and expect the same kind of career path that they saw mm -hmm. for themselves um or even not even even of course pregnant but even just settling down for example mm -hmm. you know it could it could be it could be a, a decision a woman has to take in terms yeah. of potentially compromising between their between her personal and professional life yeah um not to say that males don't have to make decisions like this but i do feel like female do feel like there's a burden on them to even yeah. settle down that i mm -hmm. think sometimes male don't yeah. feel yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah it is a bit of a yeah. complex situation to navigate still for many women mm -hmm. that dovetails into also the issue of childcare. yeah, yeah. on yeah. a societal level i know from you know being american and covering north america um it is a massive massive issue we have a massive shortage of like childcare that is accessible quality you know that people are qualified to do mm -hmm. it and that people can even begin to afford. Mm -hmm. And this is a massive calculation. And also in general, or traditionally women are, you know, the primary caregiver. So even if they are a professional, they might be responsible for ensuring that their child is looked after even while they're at work. Um, I know that, uh, not to bring it back to work content, but <laughs> um, the U.S. CHIPS Act um, that was just passed to enhance U.S. semiconductor uh, production just stipulated that any private companies receiving funds will have to ensure that their employees and their workers have affordable childcare, wow. um, which I thought was really That's interesting great, yeah. and a kind mm -hmm. of good example of kind of, you know, maybe a top-down government-led approach mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. actually also trying to increase access and maybe change norms as well and expectations yeah. about mm -hmm. what are the obligations of a firm and like that we have an actual crisis and mm -hmm. that also organizations will lose out on productivity potentially 
A hundred percent. If yeah. if you know their their employees don't have access to, to childcare and yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think there's so many occasions where you know women have either tried to come back prematurely from maternity mm-hmm. care because of or maternity leave, sorry, because of you know the examples we've given where feeling like you're you're behind and um you know you're you're gonna be you're going to be left behind, etc. if you don't put in that kind of mm. extra work that mm. um that, that women are feeling like they have to. So and, and as you said, productivity levels will will start to suffer. Um and your work life balance mm. will take an absolute hammering. Um mm, yeah. even when you're even when you've been given that time, it's the you know normalization of um taking that maternity leave and not having to do any work to make sure that you're going to come back in a stronger place almost or in the yeah. same place that you left um, when, when you went on maternity leave so yeah definitely definitely um, a very interesting topic and one that I'm sure we could sit here for about an hour to discuss all in total <laughs> yeah. but um, final question uh, what can men do to support women in the industry that's you know a huge question but I think one that warrants being the final question. Um, yeah. I think the first thing, which is something we kind of covered on, but is to be able to produce an environment where women feel like they can have conversations um, with men about issues that they face, I think is the first thing. Um, and to acknowledge, there are still people who, who don't think that there's an issue at all. <laughs> and, yeah. and let's be frank about that. There are men who still feel like women have certain caregiver roles and that's where they belong. And there's... And that, and those conversations we think are don't exist in the West as well, but they very well do. So I think the first thing is to acknowledge that there is an issue and to create spaces in it, particularly it could be in terms of even organizing a workshop or it could even be at like a one-to-one with a male, mm-hmm. with a male manager, but just to make sure that a, 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 to have a different approach to a female employee in a way to make sure that they're doing okay. Um, and to support them, even even if it's just being able to be a listener, because mm-hmm. I, maybe many of them can't relate to a female experience, which is a, which is fair. I think it's just to be able to for a woman to feel confident that she has someone to hear her. Yeah. Um, specifically, a male, I think, would be even better. Mm-hmm. It would be even more reassuring. It's kind of having that self awareness that we were talking mm-hmm. about, you know, and yeah. um, being aware of all the topics that we we've, we've just spoken about. You know, all of this information and and and, and kind of uh, yeah, the the. Potentially, we're, I mean, ultimately, we're here for equality, right? This is kind of, you know, as, a, as a female, that, that's what we want mm-hmm. what we want in the industry and not just our industry, but kind of workplace in, in total is the equality side of it. So, you know, everything we've just kind of spoken about. And I guess it's, yeah, for our male colleagues to kind of have that self-awareness yeah. that there, we have a long yeah. way to go and that there are those gaps, etc. cetera. Um, mm-hmm. Sydney, Edie, anything, anything else to kind of add from your side? Um, yeah, I think it comes down to the same kind of thing, openness, conversations. Um, and I don't know about you, but I've sometimes been in calls where it's all men and mm-hmm. you kind of sometimes need that extra push from someone or like mm-hmm. just that person who's encouraging to mm-hmm. or that you feel heard by mm-hmm. to kind of actually go in and say what you want to say. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's so important. Having those kind of conversations mm-hmm. and openness is so important. Yeah. yeah. I think on a practical level, I mean, it can be very daunting or seem like an impossible task like we have a thousand things that we have to fix mm-hmm. um but the first and very practical you know thing that I think a like a male colleague can and should do is just simply ask themselves like what can I do to try to support yeah. my my yeah. female colleagues whether mm-hmm. they're junior or you know at the same level or even senior just ask yourself like like what can I do mm-hmm. and be willing to also 
hear what the response to that question is. Yeah, um, definitely. So what I'm gathering is awareness. That's mm. like the, the, the main thing yeah. um, going forward. Um, thank you everyone for, <laughs> for joining. Um, and I think we could probably sit here for another two hours, um, potentially longer, definitely two longer. Years. Yeah, two <laughs> years. Um, lots to dive into. Um, but Recurring yeah. podcast every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you uh, so much everyone for, for answering questions. And um, yeah, and thank you all for listening and tuning in as well. Happy Women's thank Day. You. Happy <laughs> Women's Day. <laughs>